0: Hey, everyone, it's Ellie. Welcome back. First of all, happy new year. Happy 2022. I hope everyone had a great holiday season. It's great to see you again. I guess I'm not physically seeing you, but I feel like I'm seeing you when I talk to you in these notes. This is, of course, my weekly note to the cafe community. As always, we love to hear from you. So send us any thoughts, questions, or comments to letters Thank you. It has now somehow been a full year since the Capitol insurrection. And the House January 6th Select Committee realistically has the year ahead to complete its work until a new House, likely with Republicans in control, takes office in January 2023. To this point, the committee deserves credit for its dogged pursuit of truth. It has, for the most part, conducted an aggressive, Probing investigation. The committee has issued subpoenas to dozens of key witnesses, including dedicated Trump loyalists, and all told, it has interviewed hundreds of people. It has gone to federal court quickly and successfully to enforce contested subpoenas. It's referred cases for potential criminal contempt charges when subjects have stonewalled without justification. Already, the committee has uncovered startling new evidence that the effort to steal the election was a coordinated, long-term scheme executed by Trump and his inner circle, and that the January 6th Capitol attack was the natural and perhaps intended end result. The committee has gone hard after the truth, even if the quest might ruffle feathers among power players. But the committee seemingly has made one notable, if unspoken, exception. Its members have gone easy on their own colleagues in Congress. The good news is that may be changing, as the committee recently requested information from Representative Scott Perry and Jim Jordan. But the real test lies ahead. How will the committee respond if and when Perry and Jordan continue to stonewall? And will the committee go after an even more powerful colleague, Republican House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy? One of the unusual features of this particular investigation is that several members of Congress itself are victims, key witnesses, and maybe even more than that. That almost never happens, of course, but then again, attacks on the U.S. Capitol spurred by a president and enabled by his fiercest loyalists in the legislative branch, they almost never happen either. We've known for months that members of Congress have vital information about what happened on January 6th. McCarthy spoke directly with Donald Trump as the January 6th attack unfolded, begging him to call off his rioting supporters. Trump lashed back, well, Kevin, I guess there are people more upset about the election than you are, McCarthy retorted, who the fuck do you think you're talking to? I will admit the Jersey kid in me nodded in appreciation at that witty rejoinder. Now that's a crucial conversation, obviously. The committee has every right and imperative to look into it. Yet still to this moment, the committee has not subpoenaed McCarthy or even formally asked him to provide information voluntarily. We also know that Jim Jordan spoke with Trump on January 6th. Jordan hilariously stammered and word-saladed his way through a torturous response when confronted on the issue, though he did somewhere in his mess of a response confirm that he had spoken with Trump that day. And we know that Scott Perry acted as a middleman between the Trump White House and Jeffrey Clark, the mole who tried to run a coup inside the Justice Department. Yet the committee didn't make a move towards any of their congressional colleagues until the end of December, when it politely asked Jordan and Perry if they might pretty please be willing to talk. No subpoena just yet, heaven forbid, that might upset delicate congressional sensibilities. Unsurprisingly, Jordan and Perry both defied the committee's requests, mustering up plenty of self-righteous dander in the process. Now the onus shifts back to the committee. Will they absorb their rejections from Perry and Jordan and claim, well, we tried? Or will the committee take the obvious next step and issue subpoenas? And if, or really when, Perry and Jordan do continue to defy, will the committee hold them in contempt and send them over to DOJ for potential prosecution? The committee did just that with non-members of Congress, Steve Bannon and Mark Meadows, a former member of Congress, but not now. Why should Jordan and Perry and perhaps others eventually be any different? So what's behind the committee's reticence here? I see two factors at play. First, there's good old-fashioned cronyism. Members of Congress tend to treat their fellow senators and representatives with, shall we say, a soft touch. How else to explain why the committee refused to disclose the names of their congressional colleagues who sent damning text messages to Meadows, confidential ongoing investigation and all that jazz, yet freely called out by name private citizens who had done the same. Look, you can love Sean Hannity, Laura Ingram, Donald Trump Jr., or you can hate them, or you can fall somewhere in the middle. But the fact is, they're private citizens, and the committee had zero basis to treat them worse than members of Congress. If anything, elected federal officials should be held to a higher standard than private citizens. Second, the Democrats who comprise a majority in the House and on the committee can see what's coming. Odds are they'll lose the House majority in the 2022 midterm elections. That's not me playing political forecaster. That's simply a matter of established historical record. Democrats currently hold a slim majority of 221 to 213 in the House. Recent history tells us that first-term presidents tend to lose ground in their first midterm elections. The party of every president from Jimmy Carter through Donald Trump, with the sole exception of George W. Bush, has lost House seats in the president's first midterm. Consider President Joe Biden's lackluster approval ratings, and it seems virtually certain the House will flip. If and when that happens in early 2023, it'll be time for payback. The potential House Republican majority led in all likelihood by would-be Speaker McCarthy will raise retributive hell. Have any doubt? Take it directly from McCarthy, who already publicly threatened to retaliate against phone service providers who comply with routine, lawful congressional subpoenas. Quote from McCarthy, a Republican majority will not forget, he hissed. If McCarthy openly vows to use his political power to wreak vengeance upon an innocent private third party, imagine what he'll do to his Democratic tormentors. So, the committee's thinking seems to go, if we pull up a bit on these guys now, Maybe they'll go a little lighter on us when they're in control. Here's how I'd put it to the committee. If Democrats lose the House majority next year, the new Republican majority is gonna do what new majorities often do, settle scores. But guess what? That's gonna happen no matter if the committee goes soft on fellow members of Congress or does its job fully and correctly now. So why not dig in and do the right thing? Why not fight for the truth and deal with the consequences as they come? particularly if those consequences are transparently petty and retributive and may even backfire. Perry, Jordan, and McCarthy are all key witnesses and perhaps more than that. They need to be held to account even if the battle promises to be pitched. No, it's not the easiest approach to play hardball with other members of Congress. But if the committee aims to build on the strong foundation it's already established and discover the whole truth, it's a necessary step. Stay safe and stay informed, everybody.